You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Savage Arms. We all know that the human body comes in all different shapes and sizes. However, most firearms do not. That is why Savage Arms has rolled out their AccuFit system on the 110 platform. AccuFit uses interchangeable components that allow hunters to custom fit both comb height and the length of pull without taking their rifle to a gunsmith. In fact, the only tool you need is a Phillips head screwdriver. If you want to find out more information about the AccuFit customization system, visit savagearms.com. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson. And today we're going to be talking about a hunting product that it kind of flies under the radar. And if you ask me, there's nothing that upsets me more than having a crappy target. And I mean, one that really gets worn out real easy. The arrows are hard to remove. Uh, They don't like just almost a really crappy target kind of makes me mad, especially when I'm spending the amount of money on it. And so today I thought it was a good idea to talk about targets. Uh, So I brought on John Severson. He works for Faradine. He works for uh, Block Targets. And and that's who we're going to be talking with today. Uh, We're going to be talking about a little bit about company history. We're going to be talking about the product itself, the design, the engineering, the materials that is used, um, what stops an arrow. Uh, We talk about things like arrow, arrow removal, longevity, durability, all the things that are kind of important when um, a guy like myself and you all listening are trying to make a decision on what target to buy. So it's a really good episode. It's full of a ton of information, and it's not as long as um, uh, it's not as long as some of the other, uh, I guess, products that we've done because it's simple. It's a it's a target, right? You shoot arrows into it. You shoot a crossbow into it. Whatever. So that's what's on the agenda for today. But before we get into today's episode, we're going to do a quick commercial, and that, it, that is for The Average Conservationist. So The Average Conservationist not only is a podcast here on the uh, Sportsman's Nation Network, but it is also an apparel line, a lifestyle brand. And uh, I'm going to tell you right now, these guys have some badass hoodies, T-shirts, uh, hats, and uh, other other types of apparel i think they're even selling like tumblers and and uh, stickers and stuff like that so uh, if you want to find out more information about uh, their lineup of apparel and i'll tell you right now my favorite hat right now i don't even know the name of it but it's a black hat with gold stitching up front just says the average conservationist has three stars it looks really badass, and it's kind of the, the trend that's hot right now. <laughs> I just That makes me sound weird saying it's hot right now, but it, it's true. So go to theaverageconservationist.com and uh, browse around, take a look at this company. The cool thing about this company is that they give 10% of all the money that they make to some form of conservation uh, effort. They are 2% for conservation certified and for... Uh, you know, hunting gear podcast listeners, they are offering up a 10% discount by entering the discount code 
NFC10. That is NFC10. And you're going to save 10% off off your purchase. So a lot of cool things coming out of the Average Conservationist. Awesome podcast, awesome apparel, awesome discount. And they're doing it all for conservation purposes. So big win there. Huge shout out to all of you. Thank you very much for taking time out of your day to listen. Be sure you're following along uh, on social on the Sportsman's uh, Nation uh, feeds. Be sure you're following on the YouTube channel. And I think we're good to go. So let's get into today's uh, hunting gear podcast with John Severson of Block Targets. All right, on the phone with me today from Faradine is John Severson. John, how are we doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Are Are you a turkey nut, or are you just kind of a, a tur- an average turkey hunter? Well, depends on where I live. Where I currently live, there's not a lot of turkeys. But when I I've lived in Iowa, I've lived in a couple different places in southern Wisconsin, and um, I used to go all over hunting turkeys. I was a big time turkey nut, but um, yeah, it's there's not a lot of turkeys up here, so I have to go you know several hours to go find them. And uh, but yeah. I've, I plan to hunt turkeys in, in a few states this year for sure. Gotcha. So yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I like it when I'm out there doing it, but I don't know, like when it comes to whitetail or mule deer or elk or, you know, anything like a bigger game species, I just don't lose, I don't lose any sleep or get crazy worked up about turkeys these days. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. But when, uh, when that turkey's gobbling and, yeah. and, Oh, you hear him on the tree and, and he's getting close. It's, it's just one of those things where yeah. uh, every, each, each thing has its exciting spots and, and turkeys has always been one for me. I've, I've done it since I was a little kid and, and, uh, you know, I grew up doing it. I, I loved it. And, uh, so it's just a chance to get out. And I always look forward to it because of the long winter where I live up in, in the Northern part of the, the country. And, and, uh, it's just a chance where it's spring and, you can get out and chase something. I was always excited about it. Yeah. And you are right. I mean, there, there is this huge rush of adrenaline for me when you start to work that bird and you know, you, you call and they respond, you call and they respond and you know, he's locked in on your location and you know, he's working his way in that, uh, there's, there's nothing that compares to that. Yep. It's, it's exciting unless it's a 700 pound, you know, 350. There's a little bit, yeah, a little bit of size difference there. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. all right, today we're going to be talking about block targets, right? Um, but before we kind of get into uh, block targets, why don't you talk us uh, a, a little bit through um, what it is that you do for Faradine and what it is you do for, for block targets? So my title is the chief commercial officer and I take care of the marketing, the sales part side of the company. I work a lot in the new product development section portion of the company. Um, I've kind of done everything here. I've, I'm kind of the old veteran of the company. So um, back in the late nineties, I'll age myself here. I was a sales rep. I worked at a retail store. Actually, I was one of the first retail stores that sold block targets back in 1997. And I became a sales rep in 1999. And I was a sales rep for Field Logic, which was the company that owned block target for um, several years until 2005. And then 
we were going to start a new company um, called Rage Broadheads. And we did that. I was kind of a broadhead guy and, and I was asked to, to move up here. And so I came up here and was part of Field Logic and, be, and uh, left being a rep and, and came on the manufacturing side in 2005. And we launched that company in 2006. And I've just kind of been a part of all of it ever since. So I'm not going to say that I invented the block target because that was Larry Pokerback. And, and, you know, I'm pretty, I, I've known Larry for a long, long time. And, and uh, you know, how the target became to be is always a cool story to talk about. And, and uh, Larry had a pretty good idea and it's worked out really well. We've, we've done a good job with it and we've continued to evolve the line and, and keep it um, relevant, you know, in today's world. And with the ever-changing equipment that's available to hunters, whether it be different arrows, bolts, crossbows, vertical bows, uh, speeds ever increasing, you know, you constantly have to evolve and change to, uh, to get the, the targets perform the way you want it to with what you're shooting into it. And we've been able to do that um, time and time again. We've done it again this year. So yeah. it's just, uh, that's kind of how, how it came to be. And, how I came to be, I guess. Yeah. The days of uh, shooting your bow at a bale of hay with like a BB gun target are over. <laughs> like there's just too much power behind the equipment now and it just, it doesn't stop it. So if you want to practice, you got to have, I don't know, you got to have something that's worth a crap. Yep, exactly. All right. So I guess fill us in quickly about uh, like here, I'm just going to, I'll ask you this. We'll, we'll start at, at, at something high level. What makes, in your opinion, what makes a good archery or crossbow target? So you want a target that's going to obviously stop what you're, you stop your, your arrow or your bolt or whatever you're shooting at it. And you want it to last, you know, that's the biggest thing that, that how we became to be um, a, a, a target. And, you know, back in the day, there was at the foam targets, it's a square piece of foam that, that you'd shoot at with your bow and, and. It, it, it worked, um, but at the time, a lot of people shot fixed blade broadheads, and there really wasn't a good alternative to shoot fixed blade broadheads into, other than sand. And back in those those the 90s, that's what we shot at. If you're going to shoot a fixed blade broadhead, you shot at sand because nothing else would hold up to the target. And the layered foam design was very versatile, and so layered foam, in my opinion, it, you know, is what you want to shoot at because, especially if you're shooting field points. It uses friction rather than force to stop the arrow. So when the, the arrow penetrates the target, it goes between layers, and the layers of foam stop the arrow rather than the material itself. So that gives you longer target life, and it allows you to stop things that are faster than what you would be able to stop any with anything else um, realistically. So that, in my opinion is, you know, is an important part and it's, it's target life. And that is what's important to, you know, you want to stop it and you want long target life. And those are the things that are important to the consumers. Gotcha. Um, so as far as, uh, some of the, uh, construction, I mean, there's everything out there from like the same kind of material that, uh, styrofoam coolers are made out of to, you know, a whole bunch of complex rubberized material. I mean, you can run the gamut on, on the material. What kind of material um, does block target use in the construction uh, of their targets? So polyethylene is the, the main foam. So it's a, it's a 
basically an open cell foam, which we make here. And that's what the layers are comprised of. So that type of foam is what we use in the layers and, and it varies in density from the target that we are making. So a lower density foam is not designed to stop a, you know, super fast target. So our kind of our, our youth targets and more of our entry level type targets are a lower density foam. And as you go up in price, you go up in, in a heavier density um, material. And so that's what we've kind of always done in like our, our range target, for example, which is a big 48 inch by 48 inch target uses our heaviest density um, layered foam, the polyethylene foam that we use. And so that we make, and that gives it super long target life when someone is time after time after time shooting it in a, in an archery range and a, on a five spot target or, you know, whatever kind of target that they're shooting at in their range. So um, that's what we, that's what we kind of do. And so, as speeds have increased uh, with with bows, you can change a couple different things. You can change how tight the target is, or the type, the density that it is. And ideally, going to a heavier density target allows the layers and the foam to do what it's supposed to do and stop it with friction. Because the tighter that you make it, the more you're just shooting into foam, right? So yeah. this this allows us to do that. And then our our infinity targets, which are the new targets for this year. Um, we, we came out with a target back in the early 2000s called the 4x4, which was a block target encapsulated in polyurethane foam, which is what most like 3D type targets are made out of. So we encapsulate with a, a proprietary process that we have here, a molding process, polyurethane over a polyethylene open layered foam core. So that gives you kind of the best of both worlds because one of the things, especially if you're shooting fixed blade broadheads, is you'll get slivering. If you try to pull the arrow back out with a fixed blade broadhead, you're going to get slivers because that broadhead, when it goes in, because you have, you know, you could have a one degree offset, a helical, whatever the case may be, your arrow spins. So as it flies out of the bow, it's spinning. And when it goes into the target, it's still kind of spinning. So you'll kind of core into that target. And when you try to pull it straight back out, you'll pull slivers of material back out. Okay. So polyurethane on the outside helps keep that that material inside and it gives you a nice clean face to shoot at all the time. Gotcha. So one thing that is, that I've had to, uh, I've deal with throughout the years of all the, you know, targets that I've purchased in, and one thing that I find is, um, important to me, I don't know how important it is to other people, but the ease of removing the arrow, I've had some, mm -hmm. uh, targets where I literally had to tip it on its side, stand on it and, you know, my, use my whole body weight. And then I've had some where I it's pretty much one handed, real easy to get out. What makes a target, uh, harder or easier to remove the arrow from? Yeah, that density and the, the, the material itself, those two things are what, and that's, that's why when I say it stops it with friction, not force, when force is what stops the arrow, and it's the material itself stopping it. That's what can make the arrow really hard to pull out. Okay. So that's kind of been the beauty of the block target is with friction. So what I always tell everyone when I was at a consumer show or when I was talking to a, a dealer or whatever the case may be, and if that arrow shoots into those layers and you try to just pull it straight out, it's going to be hard to pull out because it's fused in between those layers by friction. So all you need to do is just twist it a quarter turn. You just take it either by the veins or just by the shaft itself and you'll feel it click. And that's it. Then you just pull it right out gotcha. and with, with minimal effort. Okay. So 
realistically, uh, in, in your opinion, and you can answer this for block or, or you could answer this, uh, as far as the, the, the industry category, you know, how long should a target last in your opinion? Yeah. I mean, ideally a target should at the, at the least last you a season, you know, like yeah. it should last you a season, you know, it just depends on the, how much a person shoots. And, you know, there's, there's people that shoot hundreds of arrows a day and, you know, a target, it's not going to last a lifetime. And that's, that's one of the biggest things. And that's why, uh, you know, we get a lot of, you know, you know, back in the day when I was fielding, you know, customer service calls and things, you'd have to explain, you know, that's why we have face, you know, different faces on these targets and spots all over the place and it's designed to shoot all over. If you just shoot at the middle all the time, target's not going to last that long. You have to shoot all over the face of the target to get the most life out of it that you possibly can. And that's one of the things that we did on, on the original four by four. And we've carried it through our line from, from the block black to the block vault to now the infinity targets is having offset faces on either side of the target. And you shoot different spots on the front and they're offset on the back. So you're not shooting the same material inside of the target that you are on the front or back. So you're using as much of that core as you possibly can. So it gives you the longest life you possibly can have. Right. Um, is there like when you guys sit around and you talk about, um, you know, Hey, what's the next thing that we should, uh, I don't know, introduce to the public. What's the next skew we want to release or, or the new, the, the next newest, greatest target. Um, what do those conversations look like to do exactly what you s- said and, and, um, you know, have a, a target that is, uh, lasts a long time, um, doesn't deteriorate and just, I guess, takes punishment. Yep. Just like we do with any of our any of our product lines with under the fair down umbrellas, we listen to our customers, whether it be end consumers or retailers or whomever. And, you know, it could be writers, could be whatever people that have recommendations or they had an issue or whatever the case may be, listen to those things and compile them. And we think of ways that we can answer those questions or those issues that people have had to try to make the next thing better. So that's how we evolve any of our brands and it's the same way that we do with targets um you know when we talk about SKUs, it's it comes down to what material what density what can we change to make it better and you know those are the types of things that we have to do and you know things that we can do to keep the product fresh because we want to make sure that you know we have a lot of different brands a lot of different things and there's a lot of options out there from targets to broadheads to every part of every part of our business that we do. We want them to buy our new one. We don't want them to buy, you know, this other one that they've seen or heard about or whatever. We want to keep things fresh and keep people wanting to buy our stuff, if you will. And so that's how we kind of look at it is we look at really it's an evolution based on customer input essentially. Yeah. So let's, uh, you know, throughout the years, what are, maybe you could give a couple examples of customer feedback that led to a new design or a new functionality. So starting with like the block classic, for example, which was the, the quintessential original block target that was two-sided and you had layered foam, uh, you know, it stopped anything you wanted to shoot at it. Um, but it, it had, all those different issues that we talked about where 
it would sliver when they shoot it with fixed blade broadheads. You can only shoot two sides, you know, et cetera. So we would just take and think of ways to, there's a target that's sitting right back here that one of my old partners, Todd, Larry's brother, um, we banded it crossways. So like instead of straight bands on either side, we banded it crossways so that we, we were able to shoot four sides. So trying to think of ways that we could shoot the targets four sided and what we came up with was the four by four. So we were able to take that, that layered core and encapsulate it in foam that allowed us to one, shoot all four sides two, um, you know, reduce the slivering dramatically. So those types of things that we did, and then we had a band. So it, back in the original days of the four by four, there was, there was an actual layered banded uh, block target with a board on the top and the bottom, just like our block targets are today inside of that target so we had to come up with a different way that we didn't have to do that so we had the banding and the boards and all those different things and we come up we came up with a different way where we actually fuse the target and fuse the sides so that we don't have to have the banding or the boards or whatever put that core inside of there so just things like that that we're continually trying to do to improve to one speed up the process because more and more and now this year is a prime example of and it started with the corona uh, pandemic, you know, last summer, people were getting out and using stuff more and more and more than they ever have. And we have to be able to try to keep up with demand. And so that means we need to try to find better ways and more efficient ways to make things so that we can continually supply. Otherwise we're, you know, in a constant like back order situation and you want to be efficient in how the people work, how they make them, how they do all these different things as well as function the way that the consumer, the end consumer still wants it to. Right. Right. So one thing that I'm really guilty of is letting my targets just stay outside summer, rain, heat, winter, you know, all year round and then coming back out in the spring or where at whenever I'm shooting and just, you know, shoot them and pretty much expect them to, to be brand new or whatever. Are there anything Is there anything that uh, a a guy or gal can do to increase the longevity of their, of their targets? Yeah. I mean, cover it up. Sun, sun is like the worst um, thing for target life, really Uh, sun and, and, and rain. So like, you know, if you want your target to last as long as it possibly can, the best, your best bet is to cover it up. Cause you can even have like a, some of our other targets like a, a Glendale buck or whatever the case may be where, you know, if it sits out in that beating sun for a year, it's going to, it's not going to look brand new. So, right. you know, a lot of guys will build a little shelter, you know, that, that has a roof and keeps the, the elements off it to an extent and all those types of things, but covering it is going to, you know, give you the longest life you can. And I mean, the portability of block targets, you can bring them in and put them in your garage right. or, or put them in your shed or whatever. And it keeps it, you know, up here, they'd be buried in snow, you know, for seems like nine months out of the year. <laughs> but regardless, uh, yeah, I mean, if you, if you have the capability to bring it inside, that's what I would do. But if not, you know, try to build a little hut or something over it and or cover it. You know, that's the biggest thing I'd say. I can tell you with our 3D target line, it would save if somebody covered their target up with a tarp or did whatever, it would keep them from getting totaled out by, cause a lot of people that have them out in their yards, they get totaled out in the fall by bucks that come in and, and beat them up and bears, you know, attack them. And 
yeah, if it was just a tarp laying there, they'd be less apt to go up and gore it with their horns. But, but yeah, gotcha. that's what I would say. Okay. Um, have you ever heard of, I, I, I had, uh, one guy reach out to me and I, I was complaining that my target, you know, one of my targets that I was using wasn't, I don't know, standing up to the elements like I thought it should. And he was telling me that he sprays um, boot uh, repellent, water repellent on on his. And he says that throughout the years, that's been a, a saving grace for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that I I have not heard that. But, I, you know, any of those types of repellents that would, would stick to the target, you know, and in our case, when it comes to like our infinity targets or our vault type targets or whatever, when we, the biggest issue that, that most people have, like you, there's a release that's put in the mold that allows the target to be taken out of, of the mold that it's in. And that release is kind of a residual thing that stays on the target itself. And so a lot of times it doesn't let things adhere to it. Like, it, it would um, if it if it didn't have that release on it. So if it would stick to the target, that would probably work. But as far as like putting a sticker on the face or whatever, they don't like to stay on there too much. So who knows? It, but it might work. I, I'll have to try it because I have some of that. So yeah. I would try it. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk about what like what is one of your most popular targets? Like which one do you just sell the the, the most of? Well, the one that we sell the most of is a target that we came out with a couple of years ago called the Block 6x6. Six six. And um, that particular target is what more or less spawned the Infinity targets, which is the, the new targets that we have on the, the high-end line. Um, the 6x6 six six was a, our first um, attempt at making a target that you could shoot all six sides. So you can shoot the top and bottom. Now, when you shoot the top and bottom, you're not utilizing the layered foam that you would be. So we recommend shooting only fixed blade broadheads on the top and bottom because you don't, again, it'd be like what you were talking about where you try to pull a field point out of some targets and you have to, you know, pull really, really hard to get them out. Um, but with a fixed blade broadhead, it'll just pull right back out. But that target we sell a ton of, and which is why, again, we, we went um, to look to this new design for the infinity type target. Gotcha. So, all right. Yep. Um, do you think that it, it's a standard? Because I remember back in the day, uh, I used to buy targets that were field point only, and then I had to find something else to do with my, you know, when I started to tune my broadheads, because the broadheads would just straight destroy them. Um, is it yep. pretty much an industry standard now to have? I mean, if you're if you're a bow hunter, um, like it's standard to have a target that is both broadhead and field point friendly. All of our block targets are, it just depends on the brand and the company, but um, there are companies that still make, you know, broadhead only um, targets that you would want to only shoot fixed, you know, broadheads into. Um, and then there are, you know, obviously when it comes to a bag target, a bag target is you're going to shoot field points into it. You're not going to shoot a bag with a broadhead. So, um, you know, but it depends on the brand and, and the company and, and, you know, for the, there are still field point only targets, um, but like all of our targets are any tip you want to shoot at them. So that's kind of the way we've always done it. You know, shoot field points on the block on the block brand. Um, you know, field points, expandables, or mechanicals. Okay. All right. So so now you've kind of mentioned how this this block six by six target kind of spawned this infinity 
target? What makes this Infinity lineup, and and this is your your brand new uh, lineup, what makes this Infinity lineup uh, uh, so special? Uh, you can shoot all six sides, which is something that you've never been able to do with uh, the block. Our high-end targets from the from the 4x4 to the uh, the block black to the vaults, um, they've always had something that wouldn't allow you to shoot all four sides or all six sides. So now the way that we did this, we were able to shoot all six sides. So that's, that's the first thing. Um, the other part of it is we kind of sweetened the pot on the, the image and the face of the target and made it a little bit uh, different look and giving people lots of different aiming points by using squares instead of circles. And it, it allows you to, you know, you can shoot at the corner of this specific square or whatever. gives you a lot of different options to shoot at. Um, and we increased the density of the core. So it allows it to stop, um, you know, faster arrows or bolts. Gotcha. All right. And I see here that you have one for crossbows and then one looks to be, uh, I guess just for compound bows. Is there a difference and can, uh, a crossbow bolt work or a, would you recommend, I guess what I'm asking is if I buy the one target, can I shoot a crossbow and a compound into it? Yep. You could buy, um, you know, the, the new, there's two different skews in, in the, the vertical bow infinity line. And then there's two different skews in the crossbow infinity line. And it's just the size of the target. So there's two different sizes in each one, the cross, the infinity crossbow target is going to stop bolts, you know, standard diameter bolts that are shooting up to 520 feet a second where the infinity, the vertical bow infinity will stop, you know, standard diameter arrows or bolts up to 500 feet a second. So it just stops a little bit faster, um, a crossbow on the crossbow version than what that vertical bow version does. And that's by density again, like I said. Okay. Um, so from, so there's a guy, let's just say there's a guy, he walks into a, a retail store, he's he's looking at uh, purchasing a target, he needs a new target, his old one's blown out. Um, why should he consider block targets? Um, one, now, if he's going to buy a, you know, the layered foam design first, first and foremost is the layered foam design, and then in, if he's going to, have a target that's going to last him a long, long time and stop the arrow or bolt that he's shooting um, and wants to have the versatility of having all six sides to shoot at any of our fuse targets, like the six by six, the infinities, those type of targets are going to allow you to, you're going to get more out of your target by being able to shoot the whole thing. So that in and of itself would, and you get down to that and it comes down to the arrow removal. So it's, you know, easier arrow removal than, than a lot of other targets that are out there and a nice clean face to shoot at. Gotcha. So those are, those are some big things. Yeah. Okay. So I know you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. Me personally, when I think of, um, I don't know, a, a sexy, you know, like a sexy, uh, hunting, like hunting category, like targets just aren't that for me right? There's all this other craziness Correct. that goes around. Um, what is it like, how, how hard is it for you guys then to push this category and this particular brand out to people and get them excited about this, this target and, uh, why they need to purchase it? Uh, features and benefits yeah. and making it 
w how it works for you as an end consumer, what it will do for you as an end consumer, and basically by making them need it, if you will, because of these features and benefits, they they've got to have it. And that's like you said, it's hard to make. It's hard. To, there's certain things in our categories that are hard to make sexy and block targets are one of them, but because it's utilitarian and it does so many things, it's, it's easy to market it because you can, um, you can tout those features and benefits and, and make that customer want them. And, you know, time and time again, I don't know that we've ever done the research or whatever I don't have the data to back it up, but you know, we have, lots and lots of repeat customers they they buy one block target they buy another block target because it did last them so long it did this so you know there's a lot of word of mouth from people this person to this person telling their buddies this is what i shoot or they take it out at camp or they do whatever and those types of things help as well yeah yeah that's uh pretty important um so I guess the floor is yours at this point. Is there anything else that uh, we need to cover about block targets? Um, you know, some uh, whether it's functionality, whether it's design and engineering, or whether it's, uh, you know, uh, why a, a, an archer should consider them? Well, you know, like I said, we've been around a long time, and uh, we know what we're doing, and we've, we've got a really good process. You know, these are all... Um, you know, American-made products that, you know, I can look right out my window and, and in my office and look down on the floor and see people making them. And, you know, we we employ a lot of people up here in, in uh, where we are, which is Superior, Wisconsin. So up in the, the very northern part of Wisconsin and right on the border of Minnesota, right on the tip of Lake Superior is where our office is. And, and you know, we employ a lot of people. We feed a lot of families here locally. And, and uh, we have been uh, an important part of of uh archery for the past you know 20 some years and and making targets that that have kept people happy and and you know we'll continue to do so we'll continue to to evolve and do the things that we need to do to to um you know stay in the forefront of of this category and and you know it's our our reputation uh you know, has, has been good and we'll continue to keep it there. And, and those types of things, that's, that's what I'll always say is that, you know, it's important to me personally, um, because I've pretty much done this my entire adult life. It's all I've ever done is archery. And, and so we, we're passionate about the things that we do up here and, and, you know, from all of our different brands, you know, and, and we we're proud of that and we're proud of the products that we make and, and, uh, you know, we stand behind them. So it's just one of those things where, um, you know, customers can, can depend on, on us to, you know, make things right if something isn't right, you know. So it's just, those are the types of things that we are as a company and, and Block is, has, you know, it's, it's our oldest brand um, that, that we have. So, okay. yeah, it's a, it's a good deal. Gotcha. Well, I tell you what, man, thanks for uh, all this information. Uh, really good insight here. Um, so, uh, first off, if people want to go and check out Block Targets or find out more information about them, where should we send them? Go to our website. You can either go to blocktargets.com or you can go to the Faradine website, and you can go to the www.faradine.com, and then you can all of our different brands are there, and you can pick whichever brand you want to look at. Block is obviously one of them. Gotcha. But you can still go to to blocktargets.com too. And and uh, Block Targets on social. 
Yep. Okay, cool. Well, John, again, thank you very much for your time, and uh, we'll talk to you later. All right, thank you. 